Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today, um, somewhat tied into the time of year it is, we wanted to do an episode that was a bit more like the ergonomics episode that we talked about um, a couple of weeks back, um, and, to- and talk about something that's a bit less technical and a bit more... Um, uh, about taking care of ourselves and making sure that we're doing things that'll help us to do our best work. And to that end, I think we're, today we're going to talk a little bit about rest, about vacation, uh, as well as a few of the details about what it's like to be on vacation and the things we have to do to make that work. But I know it's something that over the course of my career, I have been thankfully, I think, getting better at, but it took a long time to get to a point where I could look at my work and say, it's okay for me to rest. It's okay for me to take breaks. It's okay for me to take vacation. Because when I used to work for like a regular nine to five job, I had vacation every year that I had to take or I'd lose. Um, and it was, you know, a certain measured amount, like I get two weeks of vacation a year, and I would take it. Whereas once you're self-employed, once you're working for yourself, you have to do, impose that on yourself. And for a couple of years, I really didn't do a great job of that. It was really not good. And I would just kind of work and work. In some ways, I'd get into a cycle where I'd work as hard as I could. And then at some point, kind of more sort of burn out and then kind of have to be forced to take a break. And that was not a great, a great pattern. And so it's something that I've had to learn for myself about the importance of and understand that in order for me to really work well, I need to make sure that I'm well rested, that I'm taking care of myself. And that's just something that I think we all have to learn is have you gone down that path of getting burned out before? <laughs> I'm kind of getting burned out now. <laughs> well, there we go. It's timely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've i gone down that path here and there before. Um, it's it's rarely on my own work. Um, it, it, it was more like during the Tumblr times, you know, when I was, when I was there for uh, four years, because it was growing so quickly and so aggressively, and because we were basically always in over our heads during those first four years, uh, and we had no idea, like... How to scale the site next? How to keep it running? How you know? How what are we going to do when we have twenty percent more users next month? Like that's you know how how do we scale to that and how do we how do we match that? And how do we keep it all going? That was incredibly stressful, and so I I was getting burnt out quite badly on that, and I kept going because I didn't really have much of a choice uh, for most of that time uh, until towards the end when we finally got got a bigger staff. But um, but really, like in the early, in the in those first few years, it, I I kept going past the point of, of healthy burnout levels um, because I really didn't have a choice. You know, there were only two of us there and we both were necessary all the time. So, uh, you know, it, it made it hard to do things like take vacations because I would have to uh, remain connected at, at all or most times. And the times that, that I would be somewhere without an internet connection, um, I would always be thinking about what, you know, I, I hope the site's okay. What if it's not? And, you know, what if it's, what if it's down now and next time I can get an internet connection is 12 hours from now and, and I just have no idea. And it really didn't help that occasionally that did really happen. (laughs) And, and so that it was a problem every so often where like David and I would both have been disconnected through coincidence, like during a certain vacation day or something. And the site would just, you know, have some problem, crash, go down, be overloaded, something would go wrong. And it would just be down for like multiple hours, and sometimes one of us would know about it. Usually, 
but but sometimes neither of us would even know for like an hour and then, and then then the monitoring system would finally reach one of us and, or somebody would reach it or like you know rackspace would notice and and try to call david or me or something it was always this giant um source of kind of this constant underlying stress cuz like when you're running web services which i'll get to you're kind of always on call or somebody is always on call and you can you can make different decisions that that reduce the likelihood that something will go wrong uh, or you can you can design or or choose things in such a way that you are not the one who's on call, but all these things have trade offs, of course. Um, but running a web service combined with vacation is is difficult, I think, to to manage that the obligation level, the stress level, the burnout level, um, because you are you kind of always have to be on and responsible for it to some degree. Um, and when you don't have an app that requires a web service. You still have stuff like support email that that like someone has to be taking care of this probably unless you're me and you just ignore it but you know for everyone else in the world someone has to be answering support email somebody has to be dealing with like you know if you don't if you sell outside of an app store um, and so you, so you sell direct somehow if there's like purchase support like if somebody gives you money and doesn't get a serial number or something like that's really important like you can't just ignore those you know it's so like there's any kind of software business there's probably something where you kind of have to be on call on a regular basis almost all the time or be able to put someone else in that role uh to to cover for you while you're gone and a lot of people don't or can't have a backup person like that they they can't have anyone else cover it or they don't have someone else covering it and so they kind of never get to turn themselves off and take a break fully. And that can very easily lead to burnout. But a lot of times, you like what I did the Tumblr, you just kind of work through it because it doesn't seem like you have any alternative at the moment. Yeah. Because the thing that I think I've, I've come to realize or kind of understand about this is one of the most important things in, in general, both in terms of if you're working for yourself or you're working for someone else, is understanding sort of like what's for sale. And about it personally, I mean, because there's always going to be some more. There's always going to be more things that you could do that you think you should do that you think might benefit your business, might benefit your career. Um, there's always going to be more things to do. And at a certain point, you though, you have to understand that like there's a limited, like everything's coming at a trade-off. It's like your life is very, like it's finite. It's not like you can magically add more time, more energy, um, more attention to your day. And so you have to decide like, well, what's for sale? Like what am I going to be putting into my career, into my work? Um, that I'm taking, you know, sort of necessarily taking away from other things, other whether that be, you know, family or relationships or your health or all kinds of other areas, and understanding that, like I've had to, like the things you're describing are definitely true. Like there are definitely things that, um, like would be bad if went wrong, you know. So you know, I run a variety of web services too. I have all kinds of things like that. You know, lots of apps with lots of users, and the thing that I've had to work through though is how much of my like constant cognitive load is for sale? Like how much of that can I really say like, okay, I understand that if I miss something, if something goes wrong and goes down, that like I, that may impact me negatively in, a, some, in, some, in some tangible way, but is that worth it? Like the worst things, and this is where I've run into burnout the, wor- the most, are the instances when, like, when I'm kind of relentlessly working without it being a time-bound thing or without it being, like, a conscious choice. Uh, like, when I launched Feeder Angler about three years ago, I remember that there was a period when I was scaling it up that it was just, like, on fire constantly. Like, I, you know, my, like, my, and it was just sort of a, this thing where we decided, you know what, 
I'm just going to try and make this work. I think this is a good opportunity for our, you know, for our, for our business. I'm just going to run with it. And so for a, for about probably about a month, about two months, maybe like I was just constantly, like I'd be working crazy hours during the day and then waking up at two in the morning to roll out all the changes that I did then, you know, the, during that day. And it was this really not good cycle. Um, and ultimately it was, it became a point where it's like, no, this is not going to work. I don't like this. And we ended up just deciding, like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to throw money at the problem. And I ended up just massively over provisioning everything and deciding that I'd rather make less money from the, you know, from, from the service than to feel that way. And the important thing there was the understanding of that. It was always a choice that it, it didn't feel I was taking, taking ownership of it to the degree that if I let it just be its own thing, then that was where the problem came. That if I was just letting it feeling like it was these sort of responsibilities were being pushed onto me. And that was where I really started to struggle. Yeah. I mean, cause that, that and that's a very good you know thing to realize is like, this is at least partially within everyone's control, like how much responsibility they take on what kind of guarantees that you make to the world. And, you know, the world will, will impose its own uh, opinions of, of what it deserves from you, what kind of uptime it deserves from you, and what kind of response time to emails and stuff like that. But it, it is on you like it, 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 to, to accept or reject that. And within certain, re- within certain bounds, like if you're on a web service and you just shut down you know, for three hours a night because you don't want to have to worry about it during those three hours a night, that will eventually become problematic for you because that's just not what people expect from web services. But if you are like, you know, a small software shop and you don't answer a support email for two days, is that really the end of the world? You know, probably not unless it's unless somebody literally like just gave you money and it went nowhere like then then they'd be angry about that. But like if they just want to know like how to use some feature like that can wait two days. There are bounds to what people consider like the minimum acceptability. But going up anything above and beyond that you said like you know you're kind of responsible for like how much you go above that and usually it's not worth it like you know going back to the web service example like if you're running a web service sometimes you might have downtime that is your fault you know you didn't you didn't get enough capacity or there's a bug or or you know your your mysql server is is overloaded with some stupid query you wrote that you need to optimize better or something like that those are all your fault but what if the data center that you're in that you know, like what? Suppose you're at a regular, like de- a dedicated host. Um, so the so the data center you're in, you know, you're relying on their switches and and their infrastructure and their connectivity and stuff like that. And if they just have like a big network failure on their side, there is nothing you can do about that at all. Like that is totally out of your control. It's out of your hands. It is your problem, but it's not your fault. And there's basically nothing you can do uh, except wait and you know make sure they know about it and then just wait for them to fix it. You will always hear from people when that happens. Uh, it, at least if you have a nerdy audience like I do, you will always hear from people who are like, well, you should have had this in multiple data centers or you you know, you know, should have had more redundancy. You should have had a bigger system. You should have had you should have been prepared for for this possible problem to happen to your web service in order to in order to save me this you know hour of downtime or whatever. No matter what level you choose to to have redundancy and resilience and everything. There's always another level you could be doing, and there's always some some failure that could happen that could take out your whole system. To go beyond to to the to to each successive level of additional redundancy of of additional resilience, it is so costly and so complicated to to go each level up. It just isn't worth it for most people. Like, you know, Overcast runs out of one data center, and it's fine. I'm on I'm on one host. Everything is in the same data center. If Linode has a, has a switch problem that day, uh, which occasionally has happened, you know, then my, then I have issues with Overcast for a half hour, and then they end, 
and then it's fine. It's it's easy as as programmers like us and as 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 people who were in the moment. Like I was so stressed out at Tumblr because I I knew that if I screwed up and if the site started serving error pages, it would serve eleven thousand error pages per second until I fixed it. That's a lot. <laughs> and, yeah, and and to have that burden on you psychologically is is tough to handle. That's you know that's like you feel really you feel guilt about that. And not to mention that, you know, if you if you have like a Twitter account or something, you're going to have like everybody yelling at you on Twitter. When's it going to be back up? You're, this is terrible. You're stupid. But the reality is, at that moment, it seems like a really big deal. As soon as the site's back up, everybody forgets. Yeah. Like, it, it just, dis- like, the, the big problem that there was is just gone and also very quickly forgotten. Yeah. Like, I, I always think of the example, like, back when, when you know, in, in Tumblr's early days, there was once a weekend where Flickr the big image service Flickr was down for an entire weekend, completely down. At the time, it was probably the biggest photo site on the internet, completely down for two and a half days. Do you remember that? No. Right, exactly. Nobody remembers that. <laughs> that was a huge deal. I'm sure if you were a Flickr engineer working on that problem, you would definitely remember that, but nobody else remembers it. Even later that same week, nobody remembered it. <laughs> that was like um, this massive downtime event um and so you know you, you do it's always a balance you have to strike you know it it seems like you need to prepare for every eventuality it's it's kind of like packing for a trip so going back to the vacation theme it's kind of like packing for a trip like it's easy to overpack because you think well what if i what if the batteries in this thing die twice so I need like <laughs> now I need like six AA batteries to pack in my bag wherever I go, just in case the batteries die. Even though not only will the batteries probably not die, but the place you're going probably sells AA batteries. Yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in in the the what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and and the stress about them. And then even when they do happen, it's easy to overblow in your in your head like the how bad that was and and how much that mattered. Uh, and in reality. Uh, from for what most of us are working on, you know, it'd be different if you're if you're you know running like a life support system. Sure. But for what most of us are working on, of like, well, you know, if I screw up, people can't sync their new podcasts for a few minutes. Like, it's not that big of a problem in in life. You know, it's it's not a huge deal. And honestly, that's part of one of the reasons I choose to work on the things that I choose to work on, rather than going to work like for a hospital or a bank or something where the consequences of screwing up can be larger um because i don't want that kind of stress in my life and i I respect people who do it that's great i'm really happy they do so i don't have to um i'm really very very happy to be working on like consumer entertainment apps basically yeah and i think it is one thing that i know from my own experience i always remember when i it's like similar to the way people forget if you have a web service that goes down it's i remember when i had a, a normal like office job I'd always, whenever I was going on like a long vacation, like more than just like a long weekend, like I was going to be gone for like a week or 10 days or something like that. And I always remember this, this feeling of like, how are they going to survive without me? Essentially, like, yeah, I, I have all these things in my mind that like, well, I'm the one who does that. I'm the one who does that. And then you kind of, you go on vacation and you come back and you realize that they got along just fine without you. And it's like, it's good. It's humbling in a really constructive way. I always found yeah to realize that because you are in the middle of your world you make all the things that you touch feel more like important and valuable than they are probably in reality and so that after a certain number of times of having that feeling of like oh no it's all going to fall apart if i leave um and then it didn't 
it starts to be like, oh no, this is this is fine, and it's probably more important and beneficial and healthy for me to have a little bit of that of that perspective and distance from my work, and to say like, it's okay for me to leave. It's okay for things to not be perfect a hundred percent of the time. Like ninety nine percent of the time is probably fine, and to then you know, as a result have a better perspective of your worth and work and be healthier about it. To not overdo it. To not get into a place that. Um, like at a certain point you just can't work or you're b- like burned out to a degree that like, at, like in my, at least in my experience, like when you really get burned out, it all, very often happens like sort of by, by definition at the least opportune time, because <laughs> yeah. it's happening when you are most stressed, when you are like most like thing, things are really crunching. And then like by, because it's crunching, if you haven't been taking care of yourself, suddenly you're going to find that maybe you just can't work. You're going to get like, you'll get sick or you'll get just worn out and your work will, work will suffer. And it's like, it's happening at the least opportune time. And so you have to plan for it, like at the, the quieter times, at the times that like building time into your schedule, building vacation into what you're doing, making sure that you're taking care of yourself in that way. Because if you don't, like it's eventually it's going to catch catch up with you. Like we're all just human. We're, you can't just keep going forever. And so if you don't think about it ahead of time, it's just never going to work. Our sponsor this week is ImageX once again. ImageX is basically an image processing CDN. Uh, you have some source of images and you want to serve them not only through a fast CDN, because ImageX, ImageX is themselves a very fast image serving CDN to save you on the bandwidth and the server load. And of course, have your have your clients load things way faster because everything's closer to them on these nodes and everything. But also with ImageX, right there in the URL that you that you provide your app or the uh, or the website, you can do image processing operations. So you can do things like, of course, simple resizes, rotations, cropping, stuff like that. And you can also do way more advanced stuff. Like you can adjust the color tone of an image. You can bl- add blurs. You can add annotations, like little text things to it. I use ImageX myself. If you view overcast images in Tweetbot. I do a thing where where Tweetbot images in in many contexts have to be 16 by 9, and podcast artwork is always square. So I do the thing that the TV news people do when they have to show a portrait video uh, in a landscape screen, where they show the, they show the portrait video in the middle. On the left and right, they have these kind of bars of a blurred version of that same video. I do a very similar version of that for podcast artwork in these 16 by 9 contexts, all powered by ImageX. The main image in the middle, the square image, and then in the left and right bars that would otherwise be black or opaque or whatever, uh, I have a blurred version of the image you know, in the background behind the, the real image. And it looks great. And it, it totally fits into those 16 by 9 contexts. And all of that is powered by URL parameters that I pass ImageX. It's amazing, like, what you can do with just a few URL parameters. I don't have to do any of that myself on my server or anything like that. And, of course, it loads quickly. And, honestly, I find the pricing very reasonable as well. So check it out, ImageX.com. They have all sorts of easy-to-use examples, tutorials, documentation for all their URL parameters and everything you can do. They also have client libraries if you want another layer of of abstraction, uh, one of which is already available for Swift, named Iris, which is put together by, by the developers of the watch site, Hodinkee. Uh, check it out, imagex.com, imgix.com slash utr for under the radar. Thank you very much to Imagex, the real-time image processing CDN, for sponsoring our show. So on, the, on that kind of uh, context, I want to talk about like, ways you can get things off of your plate uh, for like, ongoing stress and just you know, stress-wise. You know? yeah. With web services, there's this whole 
spectrum of like how much you want to be managing things uh, from totally unmanaged stuff like you run your own servers co-located some in a data center somewhere or like out of your house or something like that, which I really don't recommend doing. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible idea. Yes. <laughs> All the way to through the like dedicated host, through virtual private hosts like Linode, my favorite, you know, all the way across to the, these kind of cloud managed services where you aren't even necessarily dealing with servers or even instances of servers but you're dealing with higher level abstractions like uh cloud kit is is a great example where like you aren't dealing with the servers at all uh or you know even you know some third-party services where you're kind of dealing with these abstract concepts like i think parse is parse one of those parse yeah or azure does one yeah yeah a whole bunch of things like that yeah yeah and yeah kind of there's stuff in the middle there's like there's um Heroku and stuff like that, where you're kind of like in the middle of the abstraction layer there. So there's all these systems on the on this this big long spectrum of like how how much do you want to be managing yourself? And there's trade offs. You know, you might think from this episode that I would say have everything be managed by other people and go to the full abstract end of things, but that isn't necessarily always a win. I mean, first of all, you are usually paying way more for that um, for for the basic resources you are using. Generally, there's a pretty big markup if you're using one of these more abstract services, especially on bandwidth uh, and and occasionally on storage space and RAM as well. Uh, so you really you pay quite a premium for that, and that could that could really make the difference between whether something is profitable or not. I mean, the amount of compute power and of bandwidth that I get for Overcast at Linode running unmanaged VPSs. Uh, which you know, so I'm I'm putting the the management load of that on myself uh, for for anything that's basically not hardware and network related. So any kind of software issue updates, um, scaling issues, I basically have to do that myself in some way. You know, even if it's just as as easy as telling Linode to clone a server for four more times or to resize it to get more RAM, the the process of doing it still falls on me. You know, so that is usually way cheaper. Uh, it's usually much more in your control. Then on the other side, you know, you have the more managed services where, again, you don't have to really deal with anything. However, what I said earlier about if the data center that you're in has a network problem, it is not your fault, but it is your problem because your customers don't know it's not your fault. And your customers will still blame you, even though when something is out of your hands, it is not on you to fix it. It still is your problem in the sense that you have to accept that it's down. And when it's out of your responsibility it's also out of your control if something is just you know down for a while not only do you not have to fix it but you can't fix it even if you want to and that is kind of a double-edged sword usually it's worth going more in that direction if there's no other major downsides like if you can afford to if it does what you need it to do if it has enough capacity whatever but there is that little problem of like you know if something goes wrong with cloud kit uh you're you're kind of just helpless you can't really do anything about that yeah. And I think even there, it's also understanding where, like, as you're looking at, at your, at the things that you're responsible for, the responsibilities that you're choosing to have, you have to think about it too, from the perspective of like, where do you personally add like unique, useful value? Like is administering a Linux, you know, virtual private server, something that you think you would do well, that you're good at, that you know how to do? Um, a skill that if you're not great at it now that you think you'd benefit from being able to do and if that if that's the case then great like take take your you know take that on and, and embrace it um, but i think the, like the important thing is to also look like be able to look at yourself and say like hmm i really don't like sshing into you know into linux boxes and running top and working out what's broken and that's not for me it's like okay so then you know go the next level up until you feel comfortable with where you are 
because trying to do something that you're actually not good at or like isn't your forte is just very counterproductive. And same thing applies to all kinds of things like outsourcing your help desk. Like I don't do my first my, my first year customer support anymore because I found that it was I'm not very good at it. Um, it would make me it would I'd have the problem of like if you get 100 positive things and one negative thing, that one negative thing really sticks with you. And I was really counterproductive to my motivation. And so I decided, you know, I'm just going to. I'm going to outsource this. I'm going to have someone else do it. Someone else who's way better at it than I am. Like I need to look at myself and say like, I'm not really good at writing emails. Like I'm good at writing code. And so I'm going to outsource that out. Um, and that can apply to all the whole spectrum of your things because like at, at its core, you're going to be the, like, it's like the old trite thing. They always say it's like, it's like, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, which isn't really true, but at the very least, there's something <laughs> like the, the kernel in there that is true is that if you're doing work that you're really good at, that you really are able to really feel like you're really like doing an awesome job on, that you're it's right, right in your sweet your sweet spot in terms of your skill set and your challenge and your um, like your motivation, like you're going to be be much less worn out by it. You're going to enjoy it much more, and that's probably a better place to be. And then if you're just kind of forcing yourself to do stuff because you think you need to or because you feel like there's no other choice um, and so find looking looking at what you're doing like and finding those areas that you can say okay i'm going to outsource this i'm going to take this all this responsibility off my plate um is probably going to increase your, your overall sense of restfulness which is definitely a plus absolutely all right with that i think it's time to wrap up uh, and we are going on vacation uh, we will not have a show next week because we're gonna take we're gonna take a break. We're gonna unwind from the massive amount of work that this show is every week. <laughs> no, we really are taking a break. Uh, we're gonna take take the week off because uh, we're gonna be traveling and everything, be with our families. So uh, we will see you in January. And thank you very much for listening. Please recommend us, etc. And uh, have a happy new year, everybody. And we will see you next year. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. See you in January. <laughs>